Good morning, Southeast Raleigh Table. God is good, and all the time, God is truly good, and it's such a blessing to be in this place. Uh, you could have been anywhere this weekend. Uh, you could have been on the beach somewhere at your house getting ready for the 4th of July, but you chose to be here in God's house, um, and it's, it's not an accident that you are here. It's not a coincidence that you are here, but this um, moment in time has been appointed by God for you to receive something that you've been looking for, whether it was in song, whether it was in word, whether it was in prayer. My prayer and my hope is that you have received or will receive what God is up to and what God is doing this day. Our scripture lesson comes from Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 and 13 through 15. I got a little feet. Am I? Okay. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slave to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Where I'm from, in my tradition, I'm from the traditional black church, and what we do sometimes is we sing a song as a prayer uh, because we believe also that song is a form of prayer. Um, so if you would join me as we pray this morning. Oh, freedom, oh, freedom, oh, freedom over me, and before I'd be a slave, I'd be buried in my grave. And go home to my Lord and be free. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom over me. And before slave, I'd be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free. What the Spirit of the Lord is, God, there is freedom. God, there is freedom in this room. May our hearts, may our souls be aware of the freedom that is here among us. 
But God, as we have read your written word, as we listen to your spoken word, God, lead us to your free living word. We ask all these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the children of God say together, Amen. Amen. In just a few days, grills will be lit all across the U.S. of A. Hot dogs, hamburgers, vegan burgers, whatever it is, you name it, will be on the grill. Pool parties, some with loud country music for the enjoyment of their listeners. Flags flying high, shirts and shorts of all, and all clothing made of flag material to celebrate Independence Day. For so many, it is a day when families get to reunite and watch flames soar through the air with God's canvas as its backdrop. A day where the country acknowledges a bold move that was taken years ago to demand its freedom from its oppressor. Just a couple weeks ago, I recall another celebration that is similar to the 4th of July, but with a different kind of flavor. It's a holiday, a day of celebration called Juneteenth. Grills were lit, hamburgers, hot dogs, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, hams, you name it, was on the grill. Frankie Beverly Mays was probably blasting at the cookout, and black families reunited once again. It's a day where we celebrate the ending of chattel slavery in the United States. And many think that slavery ended as soon as Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation in 1863, but it wasn't until two and a half years later that Union troops were sent to Texas to enforce the executive order. While year after year, the country celebrated its independence from its oppressor. Men, women, and children who looked like me were waiting, longing to soar through the air with God's canvas as its backdrop. July 5th, 1852, Frederick Douglass, a abolitionist and once a slave himself, walks into Corinthian Hall in Rochester, New York, to deliver one of his most famous speeches in front of a white audience. What to the slave is the 4th of July was the title of that speech. I encourage you to read it. Go online and just type in what to the slave is the 4th of July. But Douglas named something that probably every black person, slave or free, was thinking at the time. He asked the question, the questions, what have I or those I represent to do with your national independence? Are the great principles of political freedom and of natural justice embodied in that declaration of independence extended to us? He says, the rich inheritance of justice, liberty, prosperity, and independence bequeathed by your fathers is shared by you, not by me. The sunlight that brought life and healing to you has brought stripes and death to me. 
This 4th of July is yours, not mine. You may rejoice, but I must mourn. I usually don't preach sermons related to national holidays, but with today's lectionary, perhaps appointed by chance or by colonial arrangement, I don't know, I just don't know, I felt moved to speak on it. Because of the state of the world we find ourselves in today. Today, we are between the celebration of a nation becoming free and the celebration of a people becoming free. Or was the hope, the assumption. But truth of the matter, I believe that no one truly was free. And freedom still today is a continued struggle. Right now in our world, men and women are not free. In this country, God's precious children are still yet fighting for freedom from their oppressors. Families fleeing from home for better opportunities just to become separated and at risk of losing their lives. Men and women and children trafficked across borders, the voice of the people of Sudan being silenced, the earth being mistreated and taken for granted, black and brown bodies thrown behind bars at high rates, outrageous student loans, baby, let me tell you, outrageous student loans, and the robbing of the poor. And here we are between the celebration of a nation becoming free and a people becoming free. And it moves me to ask the question, oh God, where is the freedom? In our text this morning, Paul hears that there's been another gospel going around town. Near Galatia, where this letter was written to, there were people arguing for extra requirements to receive this great freedom in God. That you had to obey the Mosaic law to the T. And this, in this instance, in the text, it was circumcision. You had to be circumcised in order to truly be justified, in order to truly be saved. And Paul, by this point, is fed up because this is unlike the gospel that he received from his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that he received from those who followed Christ. And so he writes a letter to the Galatians, what we have, partly what we have read today, to let them know, no, you, you ain't, you ain't got to do all that. You, just chill. You, you, you don't have to do all that. It was a done deal. When Christ came and laid his life down for you, it was a done deal. All of the extra stuff that you think you have to do in order to get into God's grace, in order to receive God's love, it's a done deal. It was done at the cross. He says, you were enslaved to the law. You were under its yoke. But now there is a yoke which is easy. There is a burden that is light, and it is from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We no longer are bound to this law where we are, well, can I do this? Can I not do this? Can I not do this? But Christ has fulfilled the law for us. 
And in fulfilling the law for us, we can walk boldly following Christ Jesus. And later on, it, it, as we read further in this text, it, it lets us know that, that, that this love that we are called to have is, 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 is basically upholds the rest of the law. And today we need to hear these words from Paul. Paul says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Two things. One, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Christ has set you free today to enjoy freedom. It was just for freedom that I've set you free. For freedom, Christ has set you, not for anything else, not to beat yourself up, not to, to put yourself in prison again, but for freedom, I have set you free. Paul says, Christ says, for freedom, Christ has set us free to enjoy freedom. But somehow, some way or another, we have found a way to imprison ourselves. When Christ has already opened the gates and said, you can walk on out, my child. We have continued to stay behind the gates because of fear, maybe. Because we don't know what's on the other side of those bars. But God says, I have set you free. Step out. And some of us didn't need anyone's help to keep us in prison. We got the key in our pocket and we're just sitting there. We imprison ourselves when God continues to provide a way out, but we refuse to take it. We continue to doubt our capabilities. We continue to doubt our courage, to doubt our power and our strength. And God is saying, I've given you the strength. I've given you the power. You are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all, above all. Because my power works within you. But Paul, Paul teaches us to stand firm and to not submit again to a yoke of slavery, to anything that says we are not enough, that we must do extra to earn God's love and to earn God's grace. Let me tell you this morning, you are enough. You are the apple of God's eye. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a royal priesthood. God cares for you. Nothing you can say or do will get you to the point of God loving you more than what God already has loved you. God loves you. And you can't do nothing about it. I said, I have done it all. All you have to do is follow me and reap the benefits of being a part of the royal family. Let's not make it so hard than what it has to be, y'all. Let us reap the benefits of these riches, of this love, of this grace that is never-ending, overflowing for freedom. 
Christ has set us free. Two, Christ has set us free. This is my favorite part. Christ has set us free to free somebody else. For freedom, for freedom, Christ has set you free. To free somebody else, Christ has set you free. Somebody is waiting for your testimony. Somebody is waiting to hear how you got over. Someone is waiting to see, oh, I can get through it too. For freedom, to free somebody else, Christ has set us free. What fun is it when you become free and don't tell nobody? People are literally waiting for you to help set them free. Alice Walker says, we are the ones we've been waiting for. You are the ones that someone is waiting for. You are the one that yourself is waiting for. For freedom, to free somebody else, Christ has set you free. Paul says you have been called to freedom. Freedom is calling your name. When your phone is ringing, what's the first thing you do if it's not a bill collector? You pick it up and say hello. When someone is knocking at your door, what is the first thing you do? You go to that door to see who it is. Freedom is calling you. Freedom is calling your name. Freedom is gently knocking at your door. Will you answer? I can just picture, you know, Avon calling. I can picture freedom calling. How long will you allow the phone to ring? How long will you allow the knocks at your door to happen before you open the door? How many bodies will we pull from the river or a detention center? How many tweets and broken promises will we let fly by? How many neighborhoods will we allow to be stripped of its culture and of its history? How long will we wait? When will we answer freedom's call? But just as Paul assumed, some of us have used our freedom for self-indulgence. Some translations say indulge the flesh, and many people just assume Paul is talking about the body and, and, and things of relations and things of that sort. But no, Paul is talking about sin in general. Self-indulgence, where we neglect everybody else for our own satisfaction. And some of us have taken freedom for granted. We have hoarded money and possessions. We have not kept the earth ready to be inhabited by our children's children. We have turned a blind eye to corruption and turned our backs on the most vulnerable. And I'm guilty at times. I am. But what are we doing? To bring freedom, freedom, this freedom that God calls us to. And Paul, Paul gives us advice. 
And at first, I was confused. I was confused about it. And this is why I was confused. He tells the Galatians, through love, at the very beginning, through love, become slaves to one another. This is what he says. But at the very beginning, he says, to not submit again to a yoke of slavery. At the beginning, he says, don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. And then further down, he says, but through love, become slaves to one another. What? Don't, don't, don't submit to slavery. Become slaves to one another. Paul, what? What are you saying? I think Paul, Paul might have been up to something. This world we live in has been torn apart because we have desired to rule one another. This world has been torn apart because we have desired to assert power over others. But what if we desire to intentionally serve one another? Everybody intentionally serve one another. For the Savior of the world came not to be served, but to serve. And if the God of creation can step down from God's throne and say, listen, I have come to serve my people. Who are we? God's people. To not serve God's people. We have been called to serve one another. And on top of this, I believe Paul also realized our connectedness. That everyone is not free unless everyone is free. If one is imprisoned, we all are because we are servants to one another and we are connected We are brothers and sisters under one God. We have been called to freedom, church, to free somebody else, to free ourselves. My question is, what to someone else is your freedom? We have been called to this ministry of freedom and this ministry of love, for it sums up the entire law. This sums up the entire law. Love your neighbor as yourself. And this is where freedom resides. When we become so capable of loving ourselves so deeply, and that love is poured out into our relationships. What in your life needs love today? What in your life needs setting free today? Christ, through his death and resurrection, has given you freedom, poured out perfect Love, true love, true freedom. Freedom that's not just for you or just for them, but freedom for all of us. And somebody is waiting for you to break free. You are waiting for yourself to break free. Somebody is waiting for your love. 
you are perhaps waiting for your own self-love. As I get ready to close, I think about Frederick Douglass and his own, his people, our people. America's freedom meant nothing to Douglas and the slaves at that time because it was not for them at that time. Freedom is for all of God's people. And unless everybody is free, nobody is free. So together, let's tap into God's freedom and not hoard it, but with wisdom, with humility, with care, let us free somebody else. And as you are getting ready to grill, go to the beach, go to the pool, think about what to someone else is your freedom? Who is crying out for freedom? Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for this freedom. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And God, we have this joy, this promise that we are free. So God, I pray that these words today will land on good soil, that we will do the work to own this freedom that you have gift to us. God, I pray that we would walk forth in boldness and courage in humility, knowing that we are free, free indeed. No more chains holding us, but we are free, free indeed. So God, may we realize this and own it for ourselves. It's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.